Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2095. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Branson, Missouri with a very special guest by the name of Jim Cox. Jim, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I can drop it on you anytime, Mark. Let's go. I'm sure go. you can. I know he had to lay, you know how to lay down some lines on the <laughs> asphalt. Now, before we get into your business and we talk more about what you do every day, what's one little thing that most people don't know about Jim Cox? Aha! Uh-huh. You, you don't mean the criminal record, do you? No, we can leave that out of this okay. since this recording uh, will be heard by a lot of people. <laughs> that, that my original education and background was fine arts painting and art history. Really? Well, yeah. that is pretty cool. I, I studied art in school, graphic design, advertising, and business marketing. Combined that into a career in the advertising world before I got into uh, this part of my life. That's. Do you still paint? Do you still create Yeah, art? I still do. And that's exactly what I did. Ah, I went yeah. from, I got married, children coming, had to feed baby. Yeah. <laughs> you don't make money doing what I did. It's hard so, to do. Yeah. Yeah. I went into advertising. You talked to uh, Scotty Brandt not long ago. Oh, Moto yes. Exotica. Yes. He's the same way. Yeah. Yeah. That's His I background read. is fine art. Yep. Well, you know, all those creative types, uh, we, we, <laughs> we, we love to do that. And, you know, I've had hundreds of automotive artists and photographers, two careers that are tough to make a living in, but all these folks are doing just quite nicely. And I, I'm sitting here looking around my studio and my, my home, and it's filled with artwork by people who've been on this show. So, uh, and I grew up with a dad who was an artist and architect and took us to a lot of museums. So I, I garnered a nice appreciation for the arts and really, really admire people that have figured out how to make a living at that. It's tough. I lived in New Orleans for a year while I was going to LSU and O, and uh, I I did portraits in the in the alley. Oh yeah, there. yeah, yeah, and that was not a way to make a living, but it was a way to eat that day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was, yeah, that was about it. <laughs> Buy you a dinner and a beer. Yeah, there you go. Oh, well, let me give you a proper introduction. We'll talk about something that you've been very successful in, and you're having a lot of fun. Jim Cox owns the Branson Auction, a twice annual event that he and his wife Kathy have presented for the past 34 years. I guess that's worked a little better than painting portraits in alleys. <laughs> <laughs> he, he also owns and presides over Collector Car International, a parent company, and Branson Collector Cars, The Shop, a facility that offers services for collector cars, resto mods, sports, and exotics, including maintenance, repair, and full restorations. After military service, thank you for your service, by the way, in the 60s, Jim landed in Oregon for 20 years, slaving away in the advertising and marketing world. Ah, there we go, before going to his passion of playing with cars. The decision has served him very, very well. We'll be back in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsors. So give them a little love so that they can keep the lights on here at Cars. Yeah, and we'll be right back. You know I've been an advocate for Covercraft products to protect my vehicles for decades. But did you know that they also offer you top quality products for your boats and watercraft? Covercraft puts their quality design, manufacturing, and fabrics into their full cover Bimini Tops, 
T-tops, boat lift covers, outboard motor covers, personal watercraft, and accessories. Protect your marine toys from damaging UV ray, and you'll get the same high-quality fit and finish you've come to know for your road vehicles for your watercraft. And I've got a great offer for you as well. As usual, use the code YA21 at Covercraft.com, and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. And you get some free shipping, too. Simply use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you on the road and even on the water. Visit Covercraft. Craft.com today. I recently learned about Zengen after having Matt Spurlock as my guest here on Cars Yeah. It's an oil analysis kit that allowed me to sample my engine's oil and learn about its inner health with my own personalized and detailed Zengen report. It's only $39.95 and the shipping is free both ways. Your Zengen oil analysis costs less than an oil change. I ordered two sample kits and discovered their easy-to-use process took me less than five minutes to collect my vehicle sample and mail it back to their world-class labs. In only five days, Zengen sent me a link via email to my very own personalized Zengen score. My custom report measures 30 different data points, including contamination, metals, lubricants, additives, and a whole lot more. I was so relieved to learn that my vehicle's Well, they're doing just fine. And I've got a deal for you. Go to ZenginScore.com and use the code CARSYA20 and you'll get 20% off your first two kits. What a deal. And this makes a great Father's Day gift as well. So get your dad his very own Zengen kit. Preventative knowledge and maintenance could save you or dad thousands of dollars and you'll rest better at night knowing that your Zengen score means your engine is in perfect condition. That's ZengenScore.com and use the code CARSYA20 today to get 20% off. Zengen, it'll put your mind at ease. I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day and he asked me about American Collectors Insurance. He said, While I listen to you on Cars Yeah, you're always talking about agreed value collector car insurance. Well, I insure all my cars on my regular auto insurance policy, and I've done it for years. Why use a different company for my collector cars? I get a multi-car discount. Isn't that good enough? I suggested he call his carrier and ask how much he would get if his collector car was totaled or stolen. He called back and said, boy, that was a scary conversation. Their value of my car wasn't even close to what it's really worth. Thank you for the education, Mark. So don't just hope for a fair claim settlement. Be certain and know exactly what you receive with an agreed value policy. American Collectors Insurance has been protecting enthusiasts since 1976. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green's at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors, automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. So, Jim, we're back. So I want to talk more about how you got into this auction business, working on cars, playing with cars. So kind of take us back to the beginning uh, after you left the advertising and marketing world and decided, you know what, I'm going to do more of what I love and create a passionate career out of it. It was a very conscious decision, uh, sitting on a hearth, talking to myself, which I do frequently. (laughs) And once I got out of advertising, which is a service industry, I I said, I want to get into something that's, you know, I want to sell a box. That's it. I want to sell a box. And uh, 
I, I was already way deep into cars and to restorations and to racing. And I hadn't been flipping cars so much, but all the rest of it was there. Uh, and it, it all started when I was 14 years old and I bought my very first car. And it was a, a 1930 Ford uh, Model A pickup. And I paid $50 at, nice. a junk, <laughs> yeah, at a junkyard down on the west bottoms of Kansas City. It, it made it all the way to the corner. <laughs> yes, the junk man was counting his $50 and closing the gate. Yeah, <laughs> I'm that, closed that now, was, Jim. Don't come back. My buddy uh, had a 57 Oldsmobile two-door, Tanner did. And we used a rope uh, to tow it home. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. The good what old do you days. Do? Yeah. You know, I can get a group of 10 guys together. Uh, that are my age, which is advanced. And we say, what was your first car? That goes around. I say, how much did you pay your pay for your first car? 80% of the time, it's going to be 50 bucks. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, I thought I was doing pretty good. My first car was uh, 600 bucks. So, uh, Oh, that was big time. Yeah. Was, well, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know, it was a, what was it? A 67 uh, Chevy Nova 2. Oh, Chevy that's- 2. That's yeah. good looking. Two yeah. door? Yeah. No, I had the granny Order. car. For of course. Yeah. yeah. That's all I could afford. It worked well to get my me and my friends to the, the beach, though. That was for yeah. sure. So My uncle taught me how to put that car together. I went through four motors, ended up with a Hemi and a torque flight, oh. and had fastest car in Kansas City for a year. It took me two years to do that one, my first car. and But that's where the cars took off, and then I discovered sports cars. And we had a race uh, near us at Lake Garnett, uh, Grand Prix, Lake Garnett, Kansas. Mm-hmm. It's not too far from Kansas City. And, uh, then, oh, I just gobsmacked there. Uh, it, it, it was, that's how I first met Carol Shelby. Oh, cool. <laughs> and we reintroduced ourselves 20 years later, and he remembered the event. Oh, my man, gosh. Wow. No, the man had a steel trap mine. It was it was so funny. I mean, I'm a teenager. Carol Shelby is driving the transporters. There's three Cobras on board. He had, oh, it was, what a race. And uh, he was getting ready to pull across the track, and everybody yelled and screamed, get him to stop, because there was a high-power line that car was going to hit. Oh, no. Yeah. And so he stopped, and then this young kid came running over there and jumped up on the truck and jumped up on top and took the high power line and lifted it up and walked it down the truck. Oh, jeez. Well, that could have ended badly. <laughs> yeah, it could have, but but I survived. You, that, <laughs> I love, yeah, you tell a good story. There you go. And well, years later we met and I said, actually, we've met before. And he goes, what? And I said, Lake Garnett Grand Prix 1960 or whatever it was, 61. And he goes, what? I don't. I said, John Morton was uh, driving his own car, Lotus 7. He says, yeah, I know that. John was working for me. He goes, yeah. He says, he says where did we meet? Well, we they stopped your truck because he says, yeah, I know, because there's a high power line. And then some dumbass kid jumped up on the truck. And, <laughs> that was and then he just stopped in mid-sentence. And he looked at me and he said, You're that are you kid. that dumbass? <laughs> Guilty. Yeah, that sounds like something Carol would say. For the rest of my life, he called me dumbass. Dumbass. He, well, thank you. <laughs> you know, coming from him, I guess that's an accolade, you know? He gave a lot of people nicknames, not yeah. all of them complimentary. Well, probably not. Probably not. So tell us about Branson Auction. How did you, I mean, it's 34 years you and your lovely yeah. wife have been doing this. Obviously, you're enjoying it. So how'd that all get started? Uh, originally, I came down to Branson from Kansas City in 1963. I had done some things pretty well, had some money, and we started investing in land. And uh, it 
Yeah, it, it was fortuitous to say the least. And uh, then in 64, you know, we all went off to war and stuff. Came back, there was nothing happening here. So I chased a girl that I had met in Europe, and uh, she was out in Oregon, and I ended up staying there for 20 years. And <laughs> Funny how women will do that. Too. Yeah, but I'd, I'd come back here three, four, five times a year, and finally I moved my family down here, my mom, dad, and my younger brother. And that was uh, in the late 60s. And we kept doing what I've been doing, you know, picking up chunks here and there. Mm -hmm. And uh, it worked out, uh, like I said, very fortuitously. So that kept me here. Back when in 64, when you get the notices and you're, you know, you're going to take off in uniform and stuff, I had an appointment at a local place called Shepherd of the Hills Farm. And that was uh, built and promoted and created by Mark Trimble and his family. And when I had the notice, I had to go out there and tell another guy. I said, by the way, I can't go to work with you. Uh, I have this other commitment that I have to do. And at the same time, this hand came down on my shoulder and he says, let me see that, son. And I turned around. I didn't know who it was, but it was Mark Trimble. He and I sat down and talked for an hour. And uh, he's a car guy. And we became best friends for the next 50-some years. Wow. Before he passed away two years ago. But he created Shepherd Hills Farm. He created the Fantastic Caverns. He created the Ozark Auto Show. Uh, he had a museum, uh, which was very successful, but he didn't like the amount of time it took away from him. And that's how the auction got started. Because he had, he had 400 cars. And uh, back then it was Dean Cruz. Oh, Cruz auction. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Summarily, I fired him later on. Uh -oh. But <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other chapter. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So he started getting rid of the cars. I was back here, you know, I bought a couple at the auction and he and I had been trading cars since I met him. And, uh, I was up in his office one day and he says, Hey Jim, what you going to do? And I said, well, I've got, you know, all those Ferraris sitting back there in Oregon and I'm, uh, I got to head back there. And plus these two that I just bought from you. And he says, you know what? I, th I think you ought to own an auction. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> he goes, yeah. I said, well, one, if I did own an auction, I, you know, I don't know if I could afford an auction. And he says, well, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. What's that? I'm going to sell you this auction for a dollar, but you got to live here. Ah. And I thought that over and thought that over, and we finally came to an agreement, and I bought it for a dollar. He claimed for years that I hadn't paid him, but I, <laughs> but I did. You take a yeah. picture of those four quarters. Yeah. Which, which was a brilliant buying decision because the next three years of operating an auction in 88, 89, and 90, if you if you were old enough to remember the market. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it only cost me a quarter of a million to make it through those three years. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so great decisions. You yeah. Know? Oh, gosh. The things the world throws at us. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, the other thing you do there, you have Collector Cars International, which is a part of Branson Collector Cars, the shop. Yeah. So how did that evolve? Uh, I've always been, re I've I restored cars forever and ever and ever. It's, it's how I, in the olden days, how I was able to go racing. I would buy two of something and I'd prepare one for racing and I'd restore the other one and the restored car I'd sell and that'd pay for racing for the year. <laughs> That's clever. <laughs> it, it worked, you know, yeah. wasn't bad. So when I moved back here in 88, I had already had a restoration shop in Oregon. Both the economic and the political climate in Oregon wasn't very promising anyway. Uh, so I, I didn't have a problem moving back here. 
but I hired a couple of guys that worked for me full time and just worked on my cars. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of them I'd keep and some of them I'd sell. Uh, some of them I'd sell through the auction or, or whatever, but I kept my restorations going. It's something I love to do. Uh, and nowadays with the internet, you know, it's, it's much, much easier to resource parts and so forth. Uh, it's, 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 it's a fun hobby and it's, if you do it right, it's a good business, but mine had been just for me for a long time. And then I, uh, hired a fellow, the late, uh, Jack Martin. Uh, I had been complaining about something. He was doing my race car, too, and I was complaining about this and that and the other thing. He says, well, you idiot, why don't you just open up your shop to the public? Mm. And I went, well, I would if you'd run it. He goes, oh, God. <laughs> he set the parameters, and we opened the shop to the public, and it's been doing really well ever since. That's very cool. So you left, You said you left Oregon, was that in the 80s? Yeah, yeah, 80, 88, 87, 88, 88. So, yeah. so the Bhagwan Rajneesh, he chased you. <laughs> <laughs> I sold. He he had he had three buyers for his Rolls Royces. Uh huh. Yeah. And I had a store in uh, in Portland on Southwest McAdam. Uh, I I sold him three cars. You did? No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Really did. <laughs> wow. He he had buyers that knew their business. That was the funny part that nobody ever talked about. Yeah, of course not. He had these buyers that went out and and sourced. You know, because his followers would would donate this money, and then the buyers go buy Rolls Royces. Yeah, they go find a Rolls Royce for them to present to Bhagwan. Of course, yeah, that's I, how it works. You know, I'm trying to figure out how to do something like that with Porsches up here in Gig Harbor. You know, <laughs> get, get my followers to send me Your Porsches. Followers? Yeah, my followers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think they figured out that scam is kind of uh, kind of shaky, but uh, yeah, that was an interesting period of time in Oregon for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, his his minions really created a fleet. That's for sure. Oh gosh, incredible! Yeah, I think he also had a huge collection of Rolex watches too. So yep, <laughs> probably diamonds I and I didn't get it on that deal. I just, I just I sold them a few rollers. Let's talk a bit about inspirations. What I call driving inspirations, key mentors in your life that have been real helpful and very influential for you. You're a rather mature guy. You've been around for a while. I'm sure there's a, <laughs> yes, and, that was so polite. I know. I try, I try to be really polite because I'm one of those guys too. Uh, I don't want to call the kettle black. Who, who has been really advisory for you and helpful for you in your life? Oh, several people. And I seek out that in people. Piece of advice. If you find somebody that makes you laugh, keep them real close. Yes. Yeah, we need, need that more than need, anything else. We need more of that these days, that's for sure. Uh, Mark Trimble, most definitely, was one of my greatest mentors and for over 50 years. And the man taught me so much about not just business, but he, he taught me about life. And he was just a great, great individual. And I've never heard anybody ever say anything untoward about Mark Trimble. He was just fantastic. So he was one. Did you ever meet Jerry Durnell? No, I, I know the name, but I never had the pleasure of meeting him. Jerry Durnell, some time ago, he's, he's passed now. A lot of, what some people don't know about Jerry Durnell is that he flew 111 missions in an A-10 Warthog. Oh. In Vietnam and wow. survived. Yeah. Wow. Uh, what what he also did is he went back to Pennsylvania and purchased uh, Automobile Quarterly. Oh, okay. There's where I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I had met him. He is from Springfield, Missouri. And I had met him when I had my second job in advertising. And uh, he was uh, with the radio station. And we, anyway, we had met. And he was living in Kentucky. 
doing, oh, he owned Pizza Today. Hmm. It's a magazine that turned into a convention that turned into a whole lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's just a fan, fantastic human being. And he called me to ask for advice on buying automobile quarterly. And, and I offered for what it was worth my insight to it because uh, I'd been a subscriber forever. And he and I became very, very close friends after that. So, and oh, what a car guy he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I pull up facts and figures and information and stuff, and they just refer to that as Cox's Encyclopedia of Worthless Facts. <laughs> but Cherry, he knew stuff that was significant, and is through that publication. I'm, I'm sorry. When he passed away, there was no way that Kay was going to carry the torch. And so it it had a terrible demise. And it's really that, sad that it wasn't picked up somehow. I've got lots and lots of those issues because I subscribed as well. And I've always wished somebody would come along and do that. And I know uh, uh, Richard Lintonello, who started Crankshaft Magazine, is doing his best to try to emulate that in a different kind of way. And I think he's up to his fourth or fifth issue, maybe fourth issue now. So yeah, yeah he's been a guest on the show. So uh, we wish him well. Richard's a really good guy. I like him a lot. Uh, there's somebody else that has uh, issue seven out on the stands. You know Donald Osborne. Well, Linkage, yeah, they're Linkage. they're a, yeah they're a sponsor here. And yeah. uh, is that a high end magazine or what? Well, wow. it's, it's really nice. Yeah, I've been supporting them, and uh, they're an advertiser here, and just got the newest one, which is really cool. And you know what's interesting is there's several magazines that have really changed the formats of publications these days. Yeah. Magneto's yeah. another one. I've had those two guys on the show. Pete Stout's Triple Zero uh, is another one. And you know these magazines are they've all realized they got to change because all those old subscriptions I used to have, I don't. I don't have them anymore. Yeah. It's not pertinent. You get it and you've, I read this like two months ago. What, you know? Well, print was going by the wayside and, you know, there's some parallels there, really. A lot of people think that uh, live auction, people in the audience, that that's going by the wayside and that online auction is taking its place. A lot of people think that magazines are history and online is taking its place. I find both statements untrue. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't believe either one. There are those of us that still love the smell of a book yes. or a magazine that want print, that want to sit and read the words. And yeah, here, here's a a very well known magazine that I had been subscribing to and advertising in for 50 years. I think started doing online auctions. And when they called me and asked me where my ad orders were for my two or three full pages every six months. I said, I uh, have never in my life given money to my competition. Hard to do, isn't it? Yeah, really. Well, it's not only hard to do, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So that's one and separation of for us, yeah. church, church and state. And, and the live auction thing, I have had tons of discussion for the last five, six, seven years. Well, how old is Bat? Yeah, yeah. Just had Randy on my show a few weeks ago, and yeah. uh, had my uh, precious orange crush on his his listing. I'd never done that before, but you know, he was around ten years before was he. Was it ten years? Yeah. Well, he was around ten years before he actually announced on my show. He was guest number forty three. Now we're up to two thousand ninety five. So that does wow. it. So that was you know eight and a half years ago. He announced we're going to start an auction online, yeah. and of course yeah. we all know where that's gone. Hearst now has acquired them, and he's got hundreds of employees now and needs more. And you know it's and now there's like forty wannabe 
bring you trailers, you know? Nonnenberg was a visionary and it was successful because of his honesty in selling a car. Yes. That sounds like an oxymoron, I know. <laughs> yeah. Randy Nottenberg is honest about selling cars. Yes. And that's why it works. Yeah, it, it exactly is. And I know through the process, I hired a past guest of mine, Rafi, to help sell my car because I'd never done this before. And I wanted to separate myself from the car on the line because I'm too emotional about my cars. I had that car for a long time. And so uh, Rafi has handled it. And yeah, everything they make you post there has to... Yeah. Not allude to any mysteries. It's, you know, we believe it to have this miles. We believe it to be this original paint. And right. Because you don't know if you didn't own the car since day one. And quite honestly, uh, when you think about old Porsches, I was at the Porsche factory in 96 and there was this room I got, I walked into, I had a private tour and there was all these brand new cars and they were doing body work and paint and polishing. And I said, what's this? And he said, well, about thir- this was back in 96. He said about 30, 40% of our cars have to come in here to get corrected because Ooh, something happens yeah. to them on the line. Yeah. Now, this was when they were hand done and, you know, they were just starting to paint them with robots and everything, but the cars were still hand built. So things happened. And there was a one car, I remember one car with this fender and they were scratching it out and they were going to respray it. I said, you don't like take all the paint off? No. You know, it's just, you know, that's kind of what we do. And of course, things are different now because computers do everything and you you do paint mics on new cars and every piece of the panel. But for instance, my car, uh, the turbo, you guys were hand spraying those. So towards the end of the swipe, you know. Okay. Not, Not just your orange crush, but the modern as well. The guys that come and buy a Ferrari and then they turn around. And uh, come back to you and say, oh, no, this, this fender's been repainted. Mm-hmm. And, and you go, yeah, it's probably repainted at the factory, pal. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, that's it's 0.726 microns. It's <laughs> yeah, supposed to be 0.6. I know. So you're not the buyer for this car. You're not going to drive it. You're, you're going to park it someplace. Or you're going to flip it to somebody. So why don't you go away? <laughs> yeah, leave me alone. You Those actually. guys drive me nuts. They yeah, really do. It's an interesting thing. Well, listen, let's take a short break. Sure. We come back, we'll chat some more. So sit tight and we'll be right back. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. You listeners know I've been into car care my entire life. 
I am so excited to team up with AutoGeek in 2022. AutoGeek.net has been a leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started in 1997 as a mail order catalog company has grown into a multi-website based e-commerce store that they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries and its retail sector ships worldwide. Go to AutoGeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today and their stellar technical support. AutoGeek.net. It's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. If you're listening to this program, there's a pretty good chance you believe what I believe that the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand-mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship, and their goal is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM Future Class, and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles skill trade, visit rpm.foundation today. So let's talk about a challenge, an obstacle, a failure. Jeez, when you run your own business, those words are applied. Uh, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So walk us through one of those times that you learned a really valuable lesson. Uh, choose your banker wisely. <laughs> yeah. And your attorney. Yeah. Yeah. My, my attorney uh, came out of JAG and he and I are exactly the same age and he's been my attorney for 40 years. Mm. As soon as I need an attorney, he became my attorney. Uh, but bankers... That's a different story. I have a banker. His name is Craig Kessner. He's with Equity Bank out of Berryville, actually. He and I have the most honest relationship I've ever had with a banker. And I've been in a lot of banks in several states, and I've been through this a lot. He was smart enough to say, let's sit down, not for lunch. We need more time. And I want to learn about your business. And then I'm going to teach you about my business. And we continued that conversation for several days and over several weeks. And finally, he said, now, I want you to come to me and tell me what you want and how you want it. Mm. I said, okay. And he says, then I'm going to come to you with how it works and what I can do and what I can't do. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Yeah, enlightening for sure. How often does that happen? I've I've never had it. Does happen it ever before. happen at all? But I'll bet you. I'll bet you. There's some other bankers out there. You know, he he is a semi car guy. He no, he's a car guy. Well, that he's helps. Yeah, yeah, that helped a little bit. But mostly, he's a businessman, and uh, he's very honest. He's very straightforward. We hit it off well. It, it took us a little time, and he knew I was having problems with the previous bank, which eventually, by the way, folded. Of course I uh, did. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, wonder what happened. Yeah. Anyway, I went to him and I said, I've got this problem. I've got, I bought a restaurant and I need it. They're dropping everything. And what am I going to do? And he says, oh, well, this, this, and this, and that's easy to take care of. What's the rest of it? 
And that's when the relationship started. Nice. Yeah. Well, great advice for just young people coming in the business. And, uh, you know, it's the same for me with, uh, good morning, Chris, Chris Kimball. He's my financial advisor and (laughs) he uh, listens to the show. He's a car guy. So he understands me when I call him and say, should I spend money on this car? (laughs) You know, and you know, that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, choose your partners wisely. Uh, that's for sure. That also works for wives, which, uh, you've had one for a long time, right? Yeah, Kathy and I've been together over 30 years. We've been married 30. And and that's a piece of advice too because like everybody else anymore. Uh I'd been married before. I had three sons. I've got one left. I lost one to ALS and one to a car wreck. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. That part wasn't fun. No. But I I don't you don't choose a wife, you don't pick a wife, you find a wife. I don't know what sentence that goes with. Uh <laughs> Oh, it is a sentence. No, it isn't. <laughs> kind of, sort of. What I learned over the years was yes, find a partner first. Mm-hmm. Okay, the the physical attraction, sexual attraction, all of you know, finances, whatever, that all comes later. You find a partner, somebody that believes in you, and somebody whom you believe in, and that will support you, and you will support them, and you like each other, and you two can work together, and be partners. That's the single most important thing in marriage. I, I hear these people say, oh, it's somebody that makes me laugh. Well, yeah, that's that's fun, but that doesn't make marriage. You go to the comedy store for that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that. Yeah, that's my only advice. I quit. Oh, that's great advice. Yeah, I, my mom advised me to marry somebody smarter than me. Oh, and, uh, absolutely, yeah. And that, I did that. We've been married 38 years. And, uh, yeah, also the supportive part and everything uh, for all, through all the difficult times and challenges. So definitely. So here's a little... Uh, psychology test here for you. I'm going to crawl into your skull. If you were reincarnated, pun intended, as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a vehicle, what would you be and why? <laughs> I know, that's a goofy one, right? Uh, a 32 five-window body with an AMG chassis and drivetrain under it. Oh, my goodness. Okay, that's very cool. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll do that. Uh, okay. So let's dig a little deeper in, into this psychological lesson here. You've got quite a combo going there. <laughs> uh, well, a deuce was my, you know, uh, my 30 Ford pickup within a month after I got it when I was 14, uh, received a 32 five window coupe body. So that's always been my favorite, you know, childhood car. Uh, and I had that before I had Porsches and Ferraris and Chevelles and Camaros and Corvettes and stuff. So, uh, I, I just have this, my screensaver is a deuce. Oh, there you <laughs> go. That's you. I hadn't thought about it, but yeah, there it is right in front of me. And I drive a SL 55 AMG. Okay. Nice. And, uh, my wife is in a, uh, coupe AMG. Uh, I, I love AMG product. Uh, here's a tip for you, kids. Okay. The V12s, snap them up. Oh, okay. That's one of those uh, Keith Martin buys at a buy, sell, hold. <laughs> I haven't talked to Keith in ages. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is. Let's see. Last year, I was buying them for 15 and 20. The older, early 12 cylinders. Today they're thirty-five and forty. Yeah. The the only car I've ever seen go up that quickly overnight is a seventy-three Camaro, Gen two Camaro. Mm. 
Yeah. 70, 71, two, three. Collector car market's been crazy. It's just a lot of money flying around out there. So very cool. You know, you mentioned the deuce. Uh, I had Bruce Meyer on my show a few weeks ago. He was an early guest and he came back because uh, if you guys love deuces, uh, the he peanut- has the best one in the world. What well, are you going to do he, about it? Of course. It? Well, he's got 10 of them, but he does have the best one. But the Peterson Museum has a new exhibit going on right now. Ford Forever, the deuce turns 90. What? Yes. Really? When does that open? Um, it's opening. I think by the time this show airs, it'll be open. They're going to have a a yeah. It's uh, they're having a big gala. They had oh, had a big cool. gala back on the eleventh. Uh, uh, ZZ Top, uh, Billy Gibbons was singing at that event, and they had huh. a huge cruise in, largest gathering of thirty two Fords in Southern California. So that exhibit's going to go on for a while. You can oh find it at the uh, yeah. You got to get out there to. I'll be flying out. Come on down. I'll buy you dinner. Okay. That sounds like a plan. Very, very cool. So how about a great book? Are you uh, a reader? Do you have a book you'd like to share? <laughs> he laughs. Uh, yeah, we've had to move three times in the past 12 months. Oh, and uh, Yeah, well, it was an opportune time last year to sell uh, commercial real estate. Yep. Which I did. And uh, so now I'm in what used to be my showroom warehouse. Mm-hmm. And part of it, it's a mess. It looks like. Hiroshima. It's just terrible in here. But we're building in another one of the bays, so it'll turn out. But books, oh my God, the guys <laughs> that I paid to move us, and, and one of them, real, uh, they work for a thing called Church Army. And uh, one of them very graciously came and said, Mr. Cox, have you read all these books? <laughs> yeah. He says, You really have? You've read? Uh, yeah. This is why he said, I've never seen this many books. It sounds, and sounds like you got quite the, the library. Oh, God. Yeah. It's crazy. But uh, what am I reading? Um, yeah, maybe something more recent. I, it doesn't have to be a car book. It could be a you know business well, book or something that enlightens uh, you. <laughs> are you familiar with Malcolm Gladwell? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Tipping Point was yep. his first. Yeah. And then David and Goliath and then Blink, I think, Outliers. He's got a, a new one, uh, Talking to Strangers, mm-hmm. and I'm in the middle of that. I haven't, haven't finished that yet. I went back, and I'm rereading a book written by uh, Michael Cox. Yeah, Michael, I forget, Michael J. Cox. Uh-huh. Uh, he's out of Kansas City, uh, which is you know, my home, uh, other home. And uh, he wrote a book on one of my heroes, The Kansas City Flash. Oh, okay. You know who that is? Kansas City Flash. I probably should know. You'll have to tell me. That is Maston Gregory. Oh, okay. (laughs) He's from Kansas City. He was 10 years older than me. Kansas City Flash. And so when I was teenager, 14, 15, he was 25, et cetera. And the stories we would hear, you know, being locals and being car guys and sports cars and all that kind of stuff were just, his stories were legendary. Never got to meet him, followed his career completely. Um, Got to meet his brother. I borrowed the, uh, you know, the uh, 250 that the Indianapolis Museum had. Uh, last Ferrari to win Le Mans. Ah, okay. And then our friend out in California just finished restoring that, by the way. You've already, Canepa. Bruce, yeah. <laughs> he gets to play with all the cool stuff. He gets the cool stuff because he does cool work. And he's the guys in his shop are. Masters. And. 
Yeah. They're good. Well, he told me, he was just on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he told me, he said, you know, I've got so much work. I could hire 20 more people today. Where the hell are all the workers? Yeah. Where can you find them? You let me know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I will. You know, another great book by Malcolm Gladwell. You should read this. You probably like it. The Bomber Mafia. I have never read that. I didn't even know about it. Yeah, it's, um, let's see, the way they kind of described it is the longest night of the Second World War. I'll, I'll throw another one at you then. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. As a, it's called the Tunnels Under Berlin. Oh, okay. And it's, I, I was in ASA, Army Security Agency, which is spooks. And uh, most people don't know about <laughs> that part of what we did over there during Cold War and other stuff. There were tunnels under Berlin. Yeah. Crazy yeah. stuff. It's well, not good reading. It's just, it's interesting inter- information. Yeah. yeah. Well, all this is, there's so much to be learned there. How about... Enabling you to go on the ultimate drive. I'm, I've got a magic checkbook here. It's got unlimited funds in it. I, I wish I could find it more often, like when I'm on Bring a Trailer. Uh, I'm going to arrange for you to have any car in the world. You can drive anywhere you want, and you can be with anybody, even somebody who's passed. What does that ultimate drive look like for you today? Wow. Okay, the way you phrased that just brought up a great memory. All right. One of my oldest friends the person I've probably known longer than anybody else. His name is Tom Jones. He's out of Lexington, Kentucky. He and his wife, Connie, put on the Keeneland Concours. Oh, Keeneland yes. Concours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great show. Yeah. I put on the Cottage Grove Concord Elegance out in Oregon for 19 years. And I was doing restorations also and had advertising business. And Tom, when he was in at U of O for architecture, used to come into my shop and he said, Mr. Cox, I'll give you 10 bucks if you let me sit behind the Ferrari when you start it up. (laughs) (laughs) That's a car guy, right? Yeah. That's a car guy. He and I did a great ride. He had just finished his 911 Targa and I had a 308 GTB, a white one. And we said, well, you want to go to Laguna this weekend? Yeah. Yeah, they're doing this and this and this and the UOP shadows and so forth. So we took off and with our girlfriends at the time, Drove to Monterey, him and his 911 and me and my 308, and it was an absolute ball. I only got three tickets, <laughs> and, and we just we just had a wonderful time. And if I were going to do something today, I'd say, because Tom and Connie and Kathy and I did did uh, Monaco together for the Grand Prix. We've done a bunch of stuff. I would like to take a British car tour through England, and I've got a f- few Jaguars. Yeah. And so does he. He has a great collection uh, with Tom and Connie and Kathy and I. And just drive up through the Cotswolds and go go see my friends up there. Well, yeah. since there's four of you, maybe a, a nice uh, Bentley or something that's got. Things. Oh, he he has he has a Bentley convertible. I think 1936 Ooh. or 37. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Tom used to be uh, the president of the Classic Car Club of America. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. He's a good friend to have, I'll tell you. I think so. <laughs> when you can't find that little three-eighths inch bearing that goes at the bottom of the throttle linkage <laughs> on a 512. He can find he, it. He says, what's what's the number, Jim? I said, I don't have a microscope. He says, well, get the number. And he will he owns Tapered Roller Bearings Incorporated. And he's a genius. And he builds his own carburetors for his Maserati. Nice. What a friend to have. What a guy, huh? Wow. Well, what a great drive. You've taken us on a great drive today. I've had so much fun. You and I could talk forever. But before <laughs> I let you go, could you share a success quote, a mantra, or some 
inspiring words of wisdom with our listeners? <laughs> oh, I, I got don't him, know that I can I've be got stumped now. Yeah, now we're getting serious. I, I think I can only pass along what Mark Trimble taught me. Okay. And we don't have to lie about our age. I'm I'm going to be 80 next year. Congratulations. And, thank you. I never thought I'd make it past 21, but uh, I'm still racing. Awesome. And uh, wow. that, that's important to me. Uh, that's another book I have to remind myself of, by the way. Let me digress, if you will. Yes. Uh, a friend, Russ Rosenberg, he went to uh, to uh, Goodwood. Uh, we, we did a Goodwood trip a couple of years ago, and Russ was on that, so I got to meet him. He's out of Texas. He's a, a member, real active member of CVAR, Corinthian Vintage Auto Race. And he wrote a book, and I'm going to get the title wrong. I know I am, uh, and my apologies to Russ. And it's ra- racing, racing Under the Illusion of Grandeur. <laughs> there you go. Okay? Yeah. And... It has some very wise words for those of us at age. Okay? That, that's all I'm saying. But it, it tells you about vintage racing and about racing in general, what kind of person you need to be and so forth. Uh, back to your question. Yeah. Mark, Mark Trimble beat it into my head, and he would tell me every other day. And after a while, I just, you know, I say, yep, okay, yep. And I never complained because what he said to me was, remember, Jim, Every day you get up, you got to have some place to go and something to do. Yeah, yeah. And that, that if if I have a mantra, that's it. Yeah, it's so so true. And people talk about living to retire and then not having a plan to do just that, and then they end yeah. up sitting around. And I know when my father retired from his architectural firm, um, I went over to his house one day. My dad never set set well. He liked to move around. I think he got it from his dad who ran a farm who could not sit well because when you have a farm, you don't sit around. You can't. <laughs> Never. No. As he told my grandpa, told me once when he came to visit us in California from Texas and he left after three days, I said, why are you leaving so soon? He said, Mark, the cows don't go on vacation. <laughs> but my dad, I went over to visit him and I walked in front of his house and there were three TVs sitting next to the trash can. And I said, dad, all three of your TVs broke at the same time. He said, I'm getting rid of those death boxes. He goes, I have friends that are retired. They sit around and watch TV all day and they die. So he never had a TV after that. Wow. I, I admire that. Yeah. Pretty they darn do. cool. How can people learn more about you and your business, Jim? Let's see. Bransonauction.com. That's it. There we I go. mean, there, there's, there's silly videos on there. Uh, we stopped doing them for the past six months or so uh, for various reasons. One, we were selling buildings and moving and all that kind of stuff. I have a TV studio about 30 feet away from me over here where I, where I can record these videos. Uh, and uh, the story behind those is they're, I present cars, some of them in the auction, some not. And uh, it's just my knowledge of that car and the guys, the two guys that helped me do that. Still think it's funny that I only do one takes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's you one know, take, what Jake. I did. One take, Jake. That'd be me. Yeah, I love it. Well, I'll make sure I put a link to that on Jim's show notes page. So you can check out bransonauction.com uh, and you can see everything he's doing, having for fun. I want to do a shout out. Thank you to Raleigh Langston, who recommended oh, I talk hey, to Raleigh. Jim. Hey, yeah. Raleigh. Thank you for uh, bringing a star to the show here today. Jim, thanks for being so generous with your time and sharing some stories. I think you have a lot more to tell. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road or at a Branson Auction. Thank you, Mark. Pleasure speaking with you. This was fun. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! 
drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!